Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So Dwight, I know that this next thing is going to be different for every jam, but how much planning do you think is enough for you to be comfortable running your next session? Yeah, and I say this is definitely based on every GM. So for me, my biggest struggle is um, coming up with a cool campaign idea that I know is going to change because, you know, players change everything. Coming up with a timeline. We talked about timelines before where mm -hmm. I write a timeline up as if nothing, no players were involved. What would the world look like if no one did anything? And then I really expect that my players are going to mess everything up. In fact, I hope that they mess everything up. Otherwise, they're like, we're playing, what does it look like to sit in a tavern all day? Uh, RPG, which is not my idea of a good time. Um, so if they're not interacting with the world, here's how the world ends up looking. So what I like to do is I like to plan out um, kind of everything like a, a play or a book or something where I have uh, a huge story idea at the top. I break it up into acts and scenes. And once I have that figured out, I kind of know exactly where I expect us to go, assuming the players don't do a lot of interacting with stuff. Now I'll put in some actions that they'll be doing, so I kind of have an idea. But if they mess it up, it's not a big deal for me. I just kind of roll with it. We have had several episodes on that, um, but we definitely did um, about 10 episodes ago for you know how players are ruining my game and kind of how to handle that. And also the one after it with uh, players' choices and how to, how to handle those as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we did a whole section on improv and how to, how to flux with the player. So I'm not going to beat that horse. So what I like to do is I like to come up with an overarching strategy. I like to come up with, you know, what are the first, I don't know, 15 game sessions going to be kind of about, which is like intro and then some sort of climax, uh, you know, conflict. And then I have an idea of like, okay, well, let's assume that they follow the path I expect them to do, which, you know, sometimes you, most of the time you guys don't. Then what will happen in the next act? And assuming that goes as planned, which it never does, what would happen in the third act? Mm -hmm. Cool. And then what that allows me to do is if I have any kind of like big plot things I want to reveal, I kind of know what those are and I kind of know how to start teasing them out. Because one of the things I really hate is like just the the twist that has no basis in reality, right? Which you've been behind. If you've been on the player side of that so many, so times. many times, like this is so and so. You're like, what? You never oh, even talked lizard, about that. The lizard army showed up. Yeah, who? Yeah, fight them. No, they're your friends. Why are they my friends? They're lizard men. They're evil. No, these aren't. So we have a bunch. Okay, it's like, oh look, all the good drow in the world have poured out into the cities. Yay, the 20 drow. <laughs> yeah, right. There's thousands of them. What? There are not thousands of good drow. Like, there's what? 20. <laughs> <laughs> there's less than that. But the point is, well, okay, no, there's Dritz. And then there's everybody making Dritz characters. So there probably are thousands of them. But the thing is, everybody's GM didn't, you know, come together for the, the all the good drow to show up and help me win the day. And if that was the case, then there should be some inkling that there are good drow in the world. First of all, drow exist. There are good drow. You've met one or two, and maybe you've consigned one or two to come help you, but they they basically, you thought the messages were lost. And then when they do show up, it's like, oh, thank God my messages worked. Which an early seedling of that is, oh, hey, your mother was saved by a drow. Yeah. Done. Exactly. Yeah. I added that in your backstory. Yeah. That's everybody's backstory now. No. But anyway, <laughs> but the thing is, like, you got to tease it out. So for me... I like to plan out enough, and I'm not talking a paragraph even. I'm just talking like one sentence structures of what I think should happen. Um, and then 
that's enough planning for me not to re- not to forget stuff like six, eight months down the road when I was like, oh, I should have been teasing this stuff out. Some people need a lot more planning than that. Um, some people need to plan a lot more than that. They, they've been running pre-made. So when you run pre-made for a very long time, you get used to this kind of concept where if you were going to do this on your own and you're looking at a pre-made, you're like, oh my God, I need to have 15 pages of material ready. I need to have a map. Oh. I need to have a full dungeon. I need to have 17 characters backstories and the yeah. flavor text and the, the 17 things that could happen. And I need to know all the artifacts and I need to make sure that all of the, the, um, the experience, the experiences meted out correctly. Well, that's a lot of work. Yeah. And even, and even if you're just using pre-made and a lot of the work's done for you, you still have to read up on it. You have to read up on it. You have to know it. You have to then have a plan for when your players don't, you know, decide to go through the front gate with a big sign that says enter here. Um, you know, we have cookies because they thought that was a trap. And so they decided to like stone shape into the middle of the damn you know, dungeon somewhere. I mean, it's just ridiculous, right? All of that stuff. So that said, um, some DMs think they need to plan a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then there are other DMs like Matt, our brother-in-law, who uh, was on the podcast, I uh, well, now a long time ago. A couple months now, yeah. Yeah, um, and his, his apparent planning was... Five minutes or less. I just plan stats on the fly. And, you know, it works for him, although there's some... There's some problems we've come across with his style of planning, but that's kind of the pros and cons of that. And you have to address that when you get there. Yeah. Yeah. For us, it feels a lot open world, like way open world. Like I don't know what I'm doing open world, but instead of a sandbox, we have a whole entire planet to deal with and we have nowhere to go with that. Yeah. And after like seven or eight minutes of clarifying questions, we, we move on and we're fine. Yep. Um, but that's one way of styling it as well, where it's just like I've created. I basically know the sky's blue and you guys have ground under your feet. What do you want to do? Um, which, okay, fine. What's That's in the front style. of us? I guess there's a tree. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Let's keep asking these questions until I get, get a full view of what's in front of me. Yeah. And that's a style too. And so really, what does it mean? Like, what is it? How much planning do you need to do? Well, it's an individual piece. For me, I like to have an idea of the entire storyline. For me, I like to know kind of where my major subplots and conflicts are. For me, I like to have a villain. I like to know, I don't care if the villain has a name yet, but I like to know the villain's backstory and motivation. And that backstory and motivation should be to do something that they perceive as a good thing. Now, they could be lawful evil, but they perceive it as a good thing because by bringing everybody underneath law, and then we will go ahead and stop all the chaos that allowed you know, his mother to be killed when he was young. If we just stop all the chaos Mm -hmm. in the world, you know, it's kind of like, um, the one, uh, justice league alternate universe where Superman Superman lobotomizes everybody because that's the best way to stop crime. Yeah. He loses Lois Lane. So he goes a little schizoid crazy and the Joker, he lobotomizes the Joker. He lobotomizes like everybody that ever goes against him. He just uses his x-ray vision to basically burn out the part of the brain that gives him a personality. Which is great. There's there's no crime now. And if you do commit a crime, he lobotomizes you. You never do it again. There's another version with the Justice Lords where all of them lost the Flash. So because of that, they're that way. And everybody respects all the laws because you have to have them respect the small laws, respect the big laws. Right. Lawful evil is a thing, right? So And for what they're doing, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Because the the most evil thing isn't, isn't morality. The most evil thing is chaos. Yes. 
So they've gotten rid of chaos and it's fine. Now, of course, how they get rid of chaos is they kill or destroy a bunch of people. Fine. Or control their lives. Right. To me, that's exactly what I would want to do is figure out exactly the motivation that for them is a good thing. Um, that they themselves look in the mirror and think that they're doing good in the world, mm-hmm. um, which is the scariest villain ever. Because if you have a villain that wakes up and knows he's a mobster and knows he's a horrible human being, well, okay, fine. But if you have a human being that thinks he gets up in the morning and he's doing the right thing and that everything he's doing is for a great cause, he's really scary. So like Mr. Freeze in the Batman series is doing all of this for his wife. Yes. And that's crazy. I mean, but there's there's even an argument for the Joker if you think in the in the there's a theory that he's a fourth wall he can see the fourth wall like deadpool so because of that he's killing all these people to keep the comic book alive right so he's doing a good thing in his eyes because in order for him and batman and everybody else to exist he has to kill all these unnamed innocents which don't really even exist because they just show up as a number on the next page i mean there may be one or two he actually does have to hurt but he also knows that they're a comic book character so they're really not feeling pain there is no emotion there um, and so it's like this fun thing where it's like, I like to have the villain's backstory and then I like to figure out, you know, are there, what, where are they going to be the steps? And if you listen to our stuff, um, would, you know, this would have been episodes like, uh, 125, 126, 127, those sorts of episodes back then was on us creating like this cyberpunk, um, uh, cyberpunk alternate history type of scenario with, a woman who's lost her child and now she's taking revenge on all the nurses and doctors in her life. Well, for her, and you know, she's doing a good thing because she's, she's avenging her child. And then um, I like to have the subplots and the acts underneath it. So I have an idea of like, so I need to have this happen before here. So then I can have this happen here. And then the players now have to deal with it. I don't know how they're going to deal with it, but I'm going to have this happen so that this can happen so that this can happen. And once I have all that in place, I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And if you need a lot less than that, then that's fine. If you need a lot more than that, then that's fine as well. I would just say that it's really up to you how you and your players can interact with one another and how much time you think you need to spend on it and how much inner uh, playability do you think you need to give to your players. If they need a lot more handholding, then you might need to do more planning than I do. If they need a lot less handholding, then you might need to do a lot less than I do. If you like to ride by the seat of your pants, then you probably want to do a lot less handholding than I do. I mean, at the end of the day, I like to have things uh, planned out and charted out in my life and my work and also in my games. So, again, what does it take to plan? Well, that's up to you. It's a personal decision. Mm-hmm. So we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.